Hey, good day, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of True Philadelphian Sportscast. This is our segment of the grittiest take. It's been a long time coming for a new Flyers segment. And I'm, of course, here with my co-host, Andrew. How are you doing this evening, Andrew? Doing very well, thank you. Another good, solid, successful day. And, uh, you know, continuing to stay safe and hopefully slowly get through everything. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of where we're all at at this point. Um, we're just kind of staying busy and doing things, but I I love doing these things and talking sports and being on the podcast, so I know you do as well, so uh, let's get right to it because today's episode is all about our bracket and first our MVP, Calder Trophy, Hart Trophy, Norris Trophy, and Vezina winners that we can start going over now. And we'll start with the youngsters, and I'll turn it over to you first. Who did you pick for your Calder Trophy, or in other words, the Rookie of the Year, for people that don't know the names in the NHL for this season? So I really knocked it down and came between uh, four guys. Um, Ultimately, I ended up picking a a rookie from Colorado, uh, Avalanche, and that's uh, Kale Maker. Um, I think he had a tremendous year. He's a... Jumped right into the team. He played. Uh, he always played like a veteran in a way. He had 50 points in 57 games. Um, he, uh, my other big guy, who was going against was Quinn Hughes, and he just he outplayed him in the sense. And maybe it was a sixth in goals for rookies uh, with 12 on the season. And being a defenseman, I just think that's a, a tremendous honor. He leads rookie defenseman in 31 even strength uh, points on the season. Um, so I think all around he, he was just the guy to go to in this. Yeah, yeah. There's no qualms about it uh, here for me. Uh, I was I'm agreeing with you 100 percent on that. Uh, he had four game winning goals. Also, I f- I figured out, and he also has a plus minus of a plus 12 to Quinn Hughes's uh, minus 10. So that that helped to me to put him over the edge as well. And uh, Cal McCarr also came on last year and scored a freaking playoff goal without playing a game first after coming up from college in his first game. So that's when you know you mean business. And he came back this year and met business again, and he definitely deserves to win the Calder Trophy. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think now we'll move on to the beloved position of, well, at least I love them, goaltenders. And we'll talk about the Vezina, which, of course, is the goaltender of the year. And I'll give it to you first as well. What goaltender did you pick this season? All right, so really, again, uh, breaking down a lot of different guys. Um, obviously, I did consider Philly's own Carter Hart. Uh, I did not pick him, though. Um, I was between, he, he was high up there, but if he could figure out his road games, I think he'd have a really good shot. But ultimately, mm-hmm. I went with uh, Tuka Rask from the Boston Bruins. Um he helped Boston have the best record in, or not record, but most amount of points in hockey. Um, they were currently the only 100-point win team at the stoppage of play. Uh, he's been pretty much unstoppable, led the NHL in goals against with 2.12 a game. Uh, bet, second best save percentage in the league. Um, and yeah, seventh in league wins with 26 on the season. And he had the least amount of losses and goalies that have played at least 40 or more games. So I think I think this was honestly a fairly easy decision again for this award. 
Yeah, I also narrowed it down. For me, I couldn't do Hart. Mine was Tuke, Vasilevsky, Hellbuck, and Jordan Bennington, who's having a great second season with the Blues, I must say, but I didn't pick him for Vezina. But I would say it has to be Tuke, too, for everything. You highlighted basically all the points I wrote down, so I don't have anything else to add on that. But I think he does, other than the fact that he does sometimes get a bad rep from people for having a kind of a lesser games played, but that's because it works perfect for him, and that's also credited to Boston's general manager, who I'm blanking on his name right now, and I apologize for that, but credit for him getting two goaltenders each season to be able to have him implement well and always have a great backup that spells him, so he's always at top-notch speed, and he's been killing it this year at top-notch speed. So yeah, he has to win the Vezina Trophy, I agree with you on that again. And then the the GM is Don Sweeney. Okay, that that's right. I I knew I remembered it from um having it be a baseball name. I always think of Sweeney okay. as a baseball <laughs> name. Yeah, like Sweeney. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, now we'll move on from the rookie of the years, which was Cal McCarr to go over it, and the Vezina, which was Tuka Rask Tuka. And then now we'll move on to the Hart Trophy, which, of course, is the league MVP. And I'm assuming you narrowed this down to two, which was probably two people on the same team. Yeah, that's correct. I had um, two guys here on the Edmonton Oilers. Ultimately, um, in this article I wrote, I put uh, five guys under consideration. But ultimately, it was down to those two guys. Um and that would be Connor McDavid, and you probably want to help me out on this guy's last name, but Leon. Dreisaitl. Uh, what was it? Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, there's the two guys that narrowed it down to, and ultimately I went with uh, Dreisaitl because uh, he, play, he, he played in every game this year, which usually I wouldn't play too much in factor, but comparing two guys, I think it's huge. Because it's the same team, so when you lose a big guy like McDavid, and this guy's able to continue to, and it's not like they took a step. Well, obviously you take a little bit of a step back when you lose a guy like McDavid, but instead of taking a huge dramatic step back, this guy was able to step up even more. Uh, led Edmonton to three wins and an overtime loss in the games that McDavid missed. Um, he had four goals and eight assists in six games that McDavid missed. So, I mean, you do the math. I mean, it's. Um, What's that? It'd be twelve points on the uh, twelve points for the um, for those games. So yeah. double, yeah, that's right. Uh, double that for the amount of games they played. So it's pretty good, pretty good mark there by uh, uh So great job there. Again, two great guys, same team, very tough to pick. But again, he played every game. He led all skaters in points with one hundred and ten. Was fourth in goals. Led the league in assists. So I think it was just a tremendous season. And again, nothing against Connor McDavid. But I think him missing some time and this guy stepping up in that absence of McDavid, I think it really pushed him over the edge for me. Yeah, this uh, pairing of two people is reminding me of what haunted the Flyers for years and still continues to of the pairing of Crosby and Malkin. Uh, of course, we're fortunate that they're not in our division, McDavid and Dreisaitl. But it's reminding me of that, and obviously I don't think we have any Oilers fans listen to our podcast, but I'll make sure I tag you <laughs> to see if we get any for this particular point, because you're going to love it. I think you guys have the next Crosby 
and Malkin. And I think you actually might have a way, way more skilled and offensive, consistently efficient version of Malkin because he doesn't get distracted by all the other crap that he does on the ice in Leon Dreisaitl, who I also pick as my Hart Trophy winner. I mean, the man also had 10 game-winning goals this year. The only other guy that I put in my list, in my top four, that had that same total was David Posternock, who I was actually somewhat considering a bit just because the dude also had a plus 21. Um, So he's been kind of efficient on both ends of the ice. But I still went with Leon Dreisaitl because he's just been killing it all season. He's kind of been the Nikita Kucherov of this season where he's kind of never had a lull period. He's just been killing it throughout the whole season and never let up. He's been hot as a firecracker pretty much throughout, just like Kucherov last year. And Kucherov's had a good season this year. But, um, I mean, you don't normally go right back to that in back-to-back seasons. But credit to Dreisaitl for absolutely owning it this year. And then we, of course, have our last award, which I'm interested to see because this is probably one of the closer ones the Norris Trophy who did you pick for your defenseman of the year or in other words the Norris Trophy yeah so like you said this is pretty close you could go a couple different ways with this one ultimately I went with uh, Nashville Predator guy uh, Roman Jossi um, Yossi is that, I think that's how you say it Yossi um, Josie Yossi like, Yossi Yo- um, yeah Yossi yeah Yossi, <laughs> sorry. Okay, right, Roman Yossi. Uh, so yeah, he, I know he, he, to me, he wasn't the best offensive defense, offensive defenseman. But to me, when you look at this award, you gotta take everything into consideration, not just offense. Which, if you're doing that, yeah, you might go with a guy like John Carlson, who has who's been a really good player on the offensive end as well. But taking everything into consideration, he's second in points by a defender, so it's not like he's that far away. Um, the big difference again when you when you look at preventing goals, which is what the defense was there for. Uh, five on five play with Predators, uh, they give up uh, 2.08 uh, goals per sixty minutes, where the Capitals allow three point zero zero per sixty. With Carlson uh, versus Yossi on the ice, Yossi's um, WAR is three point two compared to Carlson one point four. So I think that is a huge factor as well. I think it shows you right there wins above replacement. Um, so again, I think those are the reasons why I'd lean with the Nashville Predator, uh, there over the Washington Capitol. Yeah, their points are only separated by 10. It's, uh, 75 to 65 with Carlton have or Carlton, Carlson having a larger amount of points. And, uh, he has a plus minus of 22, Roman Yossi, which is also 10 higher than John Carlson, so I guess these two just like being 10 higher than each other. But um, I would put Roman Yossi on there as well. I like how you outlined all the great analytical stats. Uh, I guess you um went, oh, i got to point out all my analytical stats since on the talk before the podcast, Joe pointed out how much he loves statistics. Uh, I, I, love, I love statistics as well. I put it in my article I write for the other place I work with, uh, Pub Sports Radio, so... I got the, I dove into those numbers when I was doing that, and 
Yeah, I think you have to when you're outlining this award, especially when you got to make a case on why you're going to go with the defender and in that situation. Because most people look at it, they see Carlson's numbers, and they're going to lean Carlson because, yeah, we like to see offense. But I think when you come down to those, I think it's important to do that. I agree, I agree. And then another guy that was definitely on a potential season to be able to be right there in the Norris before having unfortunate injury issues was Dougie Hamilton, but he, of course, you can't do anything about injuries. They just happen, and they're unfortunate. But, I mean, he was having a hell of a season and probably would have been right there with everyone, Carolina Hurricanes, Dougie Hamilton. So I think that that's another guy that I took a look at just to see where he was at, but unfortunately because of injuries, he wasn't up there with the other people. But I think we did really well going through our wards. Um, we did agree on that's, all of them, that's, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's really funny. We agreed on every single one. Uh, I mean, I know some of them were kind of kind of clear-cut almost, not to say the least, but another one like the MVP I think was pretty out there, open for defenseman was open there. And I think even rookie to uh, – Ted Degree was an open aspect, but that's pretty funny we agreed on all of them. Well, I went with um, Yossi because of kind of everything you highlighted, if we're talking about just the defenseman, and the fact that he has a lot of the intangibles too, like the nitty-gritty details you don't always see, or not everyone sees, like playing fantastic on the offensive end and also being able to facilitate offense on the defensive end, or at, on the offensive end, excuse me, at a top-notch level and move the puck up the ice with the best of them. And he's a guy that also has not shown any slowing down um, as he's aged at all, where he's probably a guy that I would think is going to continue. He's 29 now. I think he's a guy, the way he plays, can play consistently well into his mid um, 30s. I don't think he's going to be a guy that starts struggling at any point. Uh, he just keeps putting out consistent seasons, and he's one of those guys I don't necessarily worry about as they age, where sometimes offensive defensemen like Carlson, that's having a solid defensive season, don't get me wrong, but are more offensive, you sometimes worry about more longevity-wise. That is That goes into nothing about this award. I'm just proving a point to just say how good I think Roman Yossi is as an overall defenseman as well. Um, talk him up a bit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hear you. But anyway, now our next part was going to be is going to be starting the first part of our Flyers bracket, which is the best Flyers of Andrew and I's lifetime. So we started from 96, and the stats I'm reading are also – from 96 so for any players that played before 96 we're not counting those stats so the numbers aren't wrong it's because we're not counting those stats just to, <laughs> just, just to just to point that out at the at the forefront and the first one we'll start with we'll start with 1 to 16 because I don't feel like really mixing it up uh we'll do we have Number one seeded Claude Giroux, who has 257 goals to 558 assists for 815 points and a plus-minus of plus 43 in his Flyers career against 16th seed Matt Reed, who has 87 goals to 100 assists and 188 points and an even plus-minus in his career. I mean, this one is fairly obvious. I love the undrafted guy, Matt Reed. He had a couple great seasons for us. 
uh, and he was key in some situations, especially in his first and second year, but there's no chance he's beating Claude Giroux in a bracket, who is by far the best of our time watching and like actually watching his entire career, in my opinion, he's definitely the best of our lifetime. Yeah, without question, I think you hit it right on the nose. I don't think you can go any other way than um, any other way than giving it to Claude Giroux. I don't think it's close. Um, no underdog story here. I think I, I've said it a million times. I don't think on this this, but just in general, um, I think Claude Giroux is one of the most underrated Philadelphia athletes in the history of the city. Um, yeah, not just franchise the city. I think. Uh, he never gets the recognition that he deserves. Um, people bash him all the time. Um, I don't clearly under, or quite clearly understand it because he's always up there in total points in the NHL. He's, I mean, I don't remember the year, but the year he was on the NHL cover, he I think was pretty close at winning the MVP. Could have won it a couple times. Uh, I think what two years ago yeah. when we made the playoffs, I think it was. Um, so yeah, I think Drew is the is the easy winner in this one. Oh, yeah. I mean, he has to be. Like I said, I'm sure you agree. Claude Giroux, I think, since we first started watching hockey, is the best of our lifetime. I mean, I remember where I was, actually, in his debut. I was at my friend uh, Ryan's house with watching the game with his brother. I think other people might have been there, too. But the important thing here is Claude Giroux. Um, and I remember seeing him on the bench. I don't remember what number he wore at first, because I know it wasn't 28. But I remember seeing him on the bench, and I remember his brother pointing out, oh, this dude's going to be a beast. Like, this dude's like our top-notch prospect that they just called up. And, of course, he was 100% right on that. And Claude Giroux is the best player of our time in terms of definitely watching his whole career. And I hope he's one of those guys that never leaves the team and is a flyer for life. That is my hope for Claude Giroux. And just on... A little bit of a bragging side thing in the 2017-18 season. I also, I don't know if you remember that, but I did say Claude Giroux was going to kill it that year. Yes, you did. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You did did call that right on the nose, and you were absolutely right. And the other number Giroux wore was 56. 56, okay, awesome. Andrew pulling the Tyrone duties out here. (laughs) <laughs> hey, someone's got it, right? <laughs> we can't remember everything. <laughs> it's actually a pretty cool first number, actually. I like that as a first number. But yeah, and it goes... It's, it's funny, it's kind of a typical... Kind of a rookie number, as we were talking about on our other podcast with um, the other guys on Chase and the Pennant one podcast we do. Uh, talking about fun rookie numbers. That 56 is a, especially in hockey, it's not really a baseball rookie number, but it's, I could say it being a hockey rookie number. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty cool hockey rookie number in my opinion. But anyway, let's move on to our next, which is an 8 versus a 9 seed in Yanni Nanima and Rick Tockett. And I am 99% sure I pronounced Yanni Nanima's name right. Uh, cause he played when I was born for the Flyers and I counted people for when I was born, but obviously I did not watch him live as soon as I came out of the womb. So, uh, why not? <laughs> Gotta start watching hockey right away. Yanni Nanima anyway has seven goals, 71 assists and 78 points for a plus minus of nine in his, 
I believe it was two-year Flyers career before he got traded, which was probably not the best decision looking at his stats afterwards, but I'll let that go. Uh, and then Rick Tockett, who has 17 goals, 27 assists, and 44 points with a plus-minus of four in his Flyers career. So I'll turn this one over to you first for the eight versus nine seed. Who would you pick for this one? Uh, this one's pretty pretty close. Um, I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Rick Tockett though. Uh, I'm gonna go with the nine seed here. Um, he he had some good years. Or yeah, he, I think I know he came back at the end of his career, but that that 2000 2001 season, I think was was good. He had a plus minus in that in that season of uh, ten. Um, so I think uh, I think that kind of gives him the edge there. Tough tough. Tough decision here going with uh, two different, <clears throat> excuse me, two different positions uh, between Tackett being the right wing and then the other one being a defenseman. So I think it's kind of kind of tough in that sense. But uh, I, li- I like where he's at with, with with the direction of his offensive game mixed. Although uh, this this is tough. I'm, I'm gonna stick with Tackett. Yeah. Um. I was going to go with Yanni, honestly, just because of how much I liked how good he was offensively in only that short of time. And then I guess we'll have to flip a coin to figure out who uh, who we put on the next thing. Or I could flip this puck, but that's going to be too loud. Um, <laughs> that's going to be really loud. Um, we could uh, just rotate. So you want the first one, you can you can take it. Or we could just flip a coin because that's probably the most fair thing to do. I have yeah, a, we can do that. I have a coin now. Okay. All right. So what do you here? Do you want to call it? Yeah, I'll call it for. I'll go heads. All right. Let's see. And we have. Okay, it's heads. So Rick Tocket advance. So okay, so that is our first flipping of the coin to decide a tie that I guess is just going to be our method going forward because there's obviously no better method when we have two people on a podcast so uh Zach if you want to come on a podcast soon we would greatly appreciate it uh (laughs) very much so anyway moving on we have the fifth seated Karahat against Marty Biron who was a pretty solid goaltender for us during his time when he came over from the Buffalo Sabres. And I'll give this one over to you again first in the battle of the goaltenders. Who would you pick on this one? Uh, I'm going to go with the new guy, Carter Hart. Gotcha. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I would agree with that. I I think what he's done and what his potential is going to be is huge. I think uh, again. I think I, I think I already mentioned it when we were going over the goalie awards, but he's got to figure out his road game. But that's not enough to to give the the twelve seed Marty the upset here. Um, definitely, definitely caught a heart in this situation. Yeah, Hart's been beasting it. Uh, he's also seventy forty and twenty. And twenty six with two point five nine goals against, um, and a nine one five save percentage with one shutout, where Marty Beer on his career was sixty five forty seven, and one 
and 16, excuse me, with a 2.76 goals against average and a .914 save percentage, and he had seven shutouts during his Flyers career. So in Carter Hart's short career, he's already surpassed Marty and wins. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I, I, would def- I would definitely put him ahead of Marty Biron. And we now have Jeff Carter against Sammy Kapanen as a 13th seed. Sammy Kapanen, a guy that Zach reminded to tell me about when needed, also played some defense for us in certain se- in a certain season when needed and played fairly well for us at that position. But he had 44 goals, 66 assists, and 110 points with a plus-minus of minus 7 to Jeff Carter's 181 goals, 162 assists, to 343 points for a plus-minus, a plus-8 during his Flyers career. So, out of those two forwards, who would you pick? Um, first off, shout-out to Jeff Carter for still playing. It seems like that guy has been playing forever. Um, I think he started, what, 05, I think it was, but I know it's not. doesn't seem like it. This guy seems like he's been playing forever. Um, Him and Crosby seem like they've been playing for decades. Right. Uh, but going between these two, I'm going to go Jeff Carter. I think he's the, the better all-around player. I think uh, his time with the Flyers, unfortunately, never could get where we wanted to, mm-hmm. obviously. But I think his ability to help us get to the postseason a couple times eventually got to, not that we lost, but eventually got to the Stanley Cup was really good. Uh, I, I think the... Uh, Sammy, uh, his his uh, back end, the back end of his Flyers career really hurt him uh, in this in this debate. Uh, going in his final two seasons, having a negative uh, plus minus of thirty three in two years, in between the 06, 07, and 07, 08 years. Yeah, uh, and I think I think this one is interesting because you can kind of compare these two when they kind of played in the same uh, time period, and, and there's two seasons. I know. Uh, Carter Hart ended up staying for a little bit longer than he than the other, other guy, but I think comparing them in that 0607 seasons and the 0708. So while he's while he's got a negative 33 as the right winger, Jeff Carter in those two years had, I mean, wasn't 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 much better being in the negative still, but he had a negative 11. So obviously, and he was more big, efficient offensively. Mostly. Yeah, yeah, big difference there. If you go by points, you're looking at 90 points for Jeff Carter, and then while Kapanen, uh, he had a total of 33 points. So I think I think that's clear cut in itself. That's, I'm gonna go Jeff Carter right there. Yeah, well, I'm not necessarily so sure. Jeff Carter's career in Philadelphia is done. I think his contract's up in a few years. You know, he's older. If he's willing to play on the bottom six role and come back, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, they kind of liked him in organization. They traded him at the time for some rumors because of party antics, but who knows how true all that was. It could have just been because we got a good hole uh, for him that turned into good pieces, and the same went for Richie. So... I think that was more what it was. So I'm not necessarily so sure he won't ever come back here. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll speak it into existence. But uh, I would definitely move him up in this position. I did, when first starting to watch hockey, 
which annoys me because I almost forgot to put him on the bracket until Zach reminded me of him, did really like the way that Kapanen played like a high-energy rocket or like a missile, whatever you want to describe. He was one of those types of players at a young age, of course, those types of high-energy guys, and still today, but especially when you're getting into the sport, are very fun to watch to really just invigorate you into just getting ingrained in the sport because you're like, oh, look at that guy running like putting in like his 110% like effort and it doesn't even matter if he's not the most skilled guy on the ice type thing. So, uh I love Kapanen, but you have to give it to Carter because Carter was one of the better best flyers honestly uh during those time periods of when we were doing well before now. Um when we were doing well between like 07 to the 2012 periods, he was part of uh, all those uh seasons. So, he was a big part of being successful in those years. And our next one is going to be a battle of old defenseman, legend kind of to some, and then battle of new in Shane of Eric Desjardins versus Shane Gostisbehere. Desjardins has 93 goals, 303 assists, to 396 points. And a plus-minus of plus 13 to Ghost's 51 goals, 158 assists, 199 points, to a plus-minus of minus 29. I love Shane Gostaspare, but there's absolutely no chance I can pick him over Eric Desjardins. Eric Desjardins was one of the best defensemen for the Flyers in the 2000s and part of the 90s. So, it's no offense to Ghost, but that... You're, you can't get picked over a legend. I mean, Eric Desjardins was one of the best uh, to play during his Flyers career while here. Uh, he was definitely one of the best defensemen during our early lifetimes. That would be like when I was really young and starting to watch hockey, some of Desjardins' first uh, years. Um, but he was definitely really good when you see highlights of him. He was very effective in the offensive zone. And and very, very good in the defensive zone as well. He's pretty balanced in terms of play. So, I have to go with him. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a huge Shane Gossespierre fan and maybe one of his biggest fans. As you know, I always like to defend him and hope the best for him. But, yeah, there's no there's no debate in this one. Um, you have to go with Eric, I, I, as you mentioned. Um, legend, legend for this organization. Um very tough to, to go against him, especially in this round, as a defenseman. Two defensemen, again, you can kind of compare where they're at. And unfortunately for my boy Shane, uh, there's there's no competition. Yeah. That's like, unfortunately, for this next one, for my boy Booch, I don't think there's going to be much competition either. Our next uh, seeding is... Third seeded Ron Hextall against 14th seed Brian Boucher. Ron Hextall is 93, 53, and 23 with a 2.35 goals against in his career, which is pretty damn impressive. And then Brian Boucher is 73, 68, and 12 with a 2.54 goals against average, which is also very respectable. So who would you pick in this one? Yeah, you got to go Ron Hextall. Again, another another legend. Uh, this Flyers organization later came back, as we all know, as a GM. Um, some hated what he did, some liked it. Uh, definitely put us in toward the right direction. I think a lot of his moves are going to be forgotten about when we continue our success. But sorry, I went on a little tangent there about his GM days. <laughs> um, but no, I think just comparing to playing days, I mean, Hextall gave us some of the greatest 
moments that I know me and you can't always remember because of the time he played in, but listening to the stories from uh, my dad and then looking at highlights, I mean, Ron Hextall was just a tremendous player. A hundred percent, yeah. Like I said leading into that, it's not going to fare well for my boy Booch. I love Brian Boucher. I mean, he obviously came back for us as well. He played great in some of the years in the early 2000s. I know the one year he had a one-something goals against average, uh, which is ridiculous. So he played really well during his time. And But Hextall, Hexy's one of the best of all time. He's also scored a couple goals in his career. I mean, what else can you ask for from a goaltender? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I have to go with Ron Hextall. And on our next one, we have a battle of defensemen again. And for Yoni picking it, I made sure I defended the good old pal um, in this one because of the lockout season, but we'll get to that in a second. We have the seventh-seeded Yoni Pitkinen against the tenth-seeded Mark Streit. We'll start with Mark Streit. Mark Streit is the tenth-seed, has 31 goals, 115 assists, 146 points, and a plus-minus of minus four in his Flyers career. Yoni Pitkinen has 25 goals, 85 assists, 116 points, and a plus-minus of plus four during his career. But that's deceiving because in 03-04, he had a plus 15. And then in the next season, well, after the lockout season in 05-06, he had a plus 22. Then it, after the lockout season, he had a minus 25. I think I said those years wrong, but he had a plus 15 and a plus 22 in consecutive years leading up to the lockout season. Then it was locked out. Then after the lockout season, he had a minus 25 which brought down his plus-minus. And, of course, a player can be heavily affected by having a whole season sitting out and coming back. So that's why I wanted to point out it's pretty deceiving his plus-minus is that low because I don't think it would have been that low if there wasn't a lull period of a whole season locked out. But my whole point is I'm still going with him because he was one of the best offensive facilitating defensemen while he was here for the Flyers, he could score. He could pass with the best precision. He was kind of like Kimo Tiemann in, in that sense as well, who we'll get to later in this bracket. But he he's a great passer, great facilitator, and also very effective on the defensive end, minus his season after he came back from the lockout season. And that I can't really fault him for because you sat a whole year. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. i got to go... Uh... Picking in, um, I think you break these two down, as you mentioned. Uh, first off, he's got a better plus-minus than uh, Mark does. He, Mark's got a 140 points, 30 goals, 110 assists in four years. I think if, if you would have given a fourth year to picking in, I think he can come pretty close to, if not passing, that 140 mark there. And I definitely think he would have passed the 30-goal mark. I think he would have at least five goals if he had a fourth year. And I think this is probably a guy the Flyers wish they didn't let go. I think he, I'm not going to come out and say he was the greatest defenseman in the league at all, but I think he was a, had a pretty solid career after he left the Flyers as well. So I think it was a, maybe a, a guy the Flyers wish they could have brought back and had a longer. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit here and agree with you and move the seventh seed on to the next round. 
Yes. I also have to correct myself. I mixed up years. Yoni picking in in his final year here it was actually the year the year after the lockout season. I miss I messed up my point. The year after the lockout season, he actually did really good with a plus twenty two. His final year here, he had a minus twenty five, which for whatever reason he had a minus twenty five. But that's what brought down his thing. I messed up the years. He had a plus twenty two after the lockout season, which was actually one of his uh which was his best overall season here, which was actually very impressive. I mixed up my years because I was I mixed up when the lockout uh, season was with the Matt bringing it up a year or so. That was my fault. Um, but anyway, moving on to the last seeds of our bracket for the evening of our first round, we have Sean Couturier, who's obviously a current fan favorite. And Vili Leno, who came up big in a postseason for us in the in his one particular great season here in Philadelphia. Uh, well, not great, but good season here in Philadelphia. And I'm going to toss it over to you first. Who would you pick out of Sean Couturier and Vili Leno? I'll give you their stats. Couturier is a two, has 156 goals and 37 assists and 59 points with a plus-minus of a 92 for his career. Uh, Vili Leno has a 21 goals, 36 assists, 57 points with a plus-minus of plus-8. So. I'll go Sean Couturier in this one. I think... Uh... What he's done recently, again, I think his his numbers are, are better. I think um, just overall better player offensively, uh, especially the way he's upped his game as his career continues to go on. He's been able to last a very good time period so far here, and like you said, he's, he's a big time fan fa- excuse me fan favorite at this point in his career. I think that plus minus uh, for his career here ninety two is a really good number. Um, I think he does he does a lot for for the team it, itself, and I think he continues to only get better. And I think that's that that's why uh, that's why I like I like him in this case. And I, it took him a little bit to to grow here and get to where he's at now. But it was a good development development player for for this team, and he's been able to make it a substantial uh, established career here. And I don't think uh, uh, Lando was able to do that. And again. It was only here two years, and he he didn't do bad. Plus minus is sixteen, uh, fifty seven points in two years. Not 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 horrible, but just not not strong numbers is all. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely have to agree. I mean, you have to go with Sean Gatori. I mean, I can't write an article about him obviously on the same day as a dual MVP. Uh, check that out on the Flyers Nitty Gritty site, by the way. Personal plug. Uh, but uh, I can't do that on the same day and say he's not moving on. Sean Couturier is definitely moving on. He's one of the best two-way forwards in the league. He's as efficient in the offensive zone as he is in the defensive zone. He's probably a little bit more efficient in the defensive zone just because of how ridiculous he is at defense, but he's definitely very close to as good on the offensive zone. I mean, the guy shuts down the best players on the other team while scoring on the best players on the other team in the same game. So that's that's one of the players you love to have on your team. And he, he comes up big. Even early on in that series, we all remember where we fought Pittsburgh tooth and nail 
Couturier helped to shut down Malkin back in the day when he was a rookie, I believe, in that season, if not a second-year player. So uh, the dude, even before he got good at offense, was always a tank on defense and then just became one of the best two-way players in the game once he upped the ante on his offensive game. So it has to be a Sean Couturier 100%. Yep, I agree. And that wraps up our first round of the bracket where we went through our first seeds and I think we did pretty well. The only upset we had so far, which is kind of a minute, minor upset, I mean an 8 and 9 seed is not that big of an <laughs> upset, is uh, Rick Tockett beating Yanni Nanima out with a forward versus defenseman race. But that's the only upset we had. And with that being said, that would, unless if you have any closing thoughts, Andrew, I would say conclude our episode for the day. Yeah, I'd say, um, same as always, uh, everyone stay safe. Keep keep a positive mindset. We'll all get through this eventually. Um, hopefully there's a season. We don't know yet. I, I think it's funny how much... NHL came out early on and had a lot of ideas, but I feel like they've kind of gone really quiet to a degree recently. Uh, I don't think I've heard much about a comeback plan for them anymore as we did when it all first started. But again, um, hope everyone enjoyed this episode. I thought it was something fun to do. Keep keep this content going and let us know your thoughts and any any maybe picks you guys disagreed with or anything like that sense. And uh, let us know. Yeah, I'll echo everything uh, Andrew said. Uh, Stay positive, stay well, everyone. Uh, Stay upbeat, just stay busy. Of course, there's cool esports stuff for people that are into that on Twitch all over the place. I'm not as big on that, but just for people that are into that, those are awesome for people that are. The Korean baseball has been around. And then there's definitely a lot of replays on NHL Network of classic hockey games, and some of those are very fun to watch as well. Plus, if you have ESPN+, Plus, they have a little bit of games that are classic hockey um, library as well. So, those are some things just as recommendations. Be well, everybody. Have a safe rest of your week. This is True Philadelphian Sportscast, the grittiest take flyer segment. Have a safe day, everyone. Peace out.